Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 through 30. Hear now the word of the Lord. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This past Monday, I was in Home Depot purchasing some items to work in our yard. One of the things I picked up was some weed spray. And I was immediately reminded of back when our family had moved to Indianapolis after I had graduated from Pittsburgh Seminary. We bought a little house in a small neighborhood that we called a vinyl village. You know, there were little houses with vinyl siding all close together with yards that flowed into each other. It was our first home and I, I worked really hard to try to make that yard look really nice. In particular, I tried to plant grass plant grass and all the little bear patches that were in the yard when we bought it. So one of my greatest sources of frustration was some of the neighbors who took absolutely no care of their yard whatsoever and allowed weeds to grow completely crazy and out of control. Because inevitably, those weeds would make their way into my yard, especially the dreaded dandelions. And those people didn't care one hoot. Suburban terrorists. <laughs> and somehow those dandelions managed to find their way into every last tiny bare patch of ground in my yard. So I spent a lot of time pulling weeds. And yet, no matter how many I pulled, more seemed to, to take their place. In fact, some nights I would go to bed at night resting assured that I had finally taken care of all the weeds in our yard and I would get up in the morning and see them scattered everywhere as if somebody had come in the middle of the night and planted them there. So finally, out of frustration, I went and bought several different kinds of weed killer in order to, to get rid of all these weeds that were taking over my backyard. Not knowing much about this stuff, however, I one day accidentally used Roundup Weed and Grass Killer. Yeah, uh-huh. It was awesome. So for a long time, our backyard looked like a giant map of the Hawaiian Islands with huge bear patches everywhere. Look, kids, that's where they filmed Lost. And attempting to rid my yard of all these unwanted weeds, I ended up doing far more harm than good. 
killing off much of the grass as well. I thought a lot about that yard over the years. And those weeds have become a, a metaphor for so many things in my life. Frustrations with parenting, frustrations with work, frustrations with the church in America, frustrations with America, frustrations with writing sermons, frustrations with my limitations and all my shortcomings, frustrations with my own faith. There, there are just so many things in my life that are not as they ought to be or that I wish they were. And if I'm not careful, I can begin to obsess over all these weeds in my life just as I once obsessed over all those weeds in my old yard. But according to the parable, obsessing over weeds never ends up in a good place. The truth is, we all have weeds of one sort or another in the garden of our lives, whether it be something we wish were better or easier or more attractive or more successful or just different. And some of us have a, have a keener eye for spotting these weeds than others, whether in our own garden or in someone else's. And just like in the parable, don't we all have weed spotters in our lives who just love pointing them out to us? Maybe your weeds are your control issues, as you just can't help trying to manage and direct the lives of everyone around you. Or maybe it's your habit of gossiping about other people, or, or feelings of inadequacy, or jealousy, or guilt or resentment that you just can't let go of. Maybe, maybe it's the temper that you cannot seem to control or the distorted self-image that controls you. Maybe it's, maybe it's a habit of complaining that leaves a trail of weeds behind you everywhere you go. Or maybe, maybe your weeds are just a, a steady growth of things in your life that you have done or left undone and your garden has just gotten completely out of control. Whatever it is, most of us have a hard time accepting these weeds in our lives and we work very hard to pull them all out. And yet no matter how hard we try, they just seem to keep popping up, often at the most inconvenient times and places. So we tend to become very self-conscious of all these weeds in our lives which usually leaves us feeling very insecure. After all, it's always embarrassing when our neighbors, or our parents, or our spouse, or our children, or our classmates, or our coworkers, or our fellow churchgoers look over at our garden in judgment because of the weeds that have just popped up. And as a result of this insecurity, we also tend to become very critical of other people's weeds, pointing out all the things that we think are wrong in their lives, which is really just our way of dealing with our own weeds. It's just so much easier to work out our issues in the garden of someone else's life, isn't it? And so we, we try to fix other people by pulling out their weeds, which, according to the parable, usually ends up causing far more harm than good. Young married couples are particularly fond of this approach. You know the old, I love you, you're perfect, now change routine. 
Heck, we as parents often feel like it's our God-given duty to pull the weeds out of our children's garden. Rarely do we realize, however, how much good wheat we are also pulling out as well. After all, we whose own gardens are so full of weeds are rarely in the best position to be making judgments about what is wheat and what is weed in someone else's garden. And yet, no matter how hard we try, we just cannot seem to rid our gardens of these uninvited visitors. The truth is, we cannot make significant and lasting improvements to our own gardens on our own. Usually, at best, we're just rearranging the garden furniture. And often, we end up causing more harm to ourselves or one another. That's because at the root of all these weeds in our lives is what the Bible calls sin. And according to the parable, this weed did not come from God, but was planted there by an enemy, the enemy. And it is not something that we are capable of handling on our own. Now, the only one who is able to deal with this enemy handiwork in our lives is Jesus. That's what grace is all about. See, grace means that in Jesus Christ, God does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And what we cannot do is clean up our own gardens or anyone else's. After all, our favorite way of managing our own sin is just to commit more sin. And so the weeds get thicker and thicker, separating us further and further from God and one another. The good news is that Jesus is not afraid to get tangled up in weeds. In fact, that's, that's why he came. And that's what the cross is all about. In Jesus Christ, God reached down into the soil of our lives where the root of sin had gone deep and wrapped itself around our hearts and souls, and he cut it off at the cost of his own life. So even though we, we still experience these weeds in our lives, they cannot ultimately survive. The battle has already been won. And according to the parable, one day when Jesus returns, he's going to get rid of all these weeds once and for all. And this is so important because it means that your weeds do not define you. Your life is not defined by all the things in your life that are not as you want them to be or that they ought to be. You are not defined by all of your shortcomings or by all the things about yourself that you do not like. Your life is not defined by the biggest mistake you've ever made or by all the mistakes you keep making. No, your life is defined by the grace of God who in Jesus Christ was literally dying to love you. And it is this gracious love of God that alone is able to transform a yard full of weeds into a fertile garden of grace 
that is able to produce the fruit of the Spirit and give life to others. After all, love is really the only thing that has the power to truly make us better people. There's nothing that we can do on our own that is able to penetrate deep enough to, to, to really change our own lives. No real change, real transformation comes only from being showered by the forgiving grace of Jesus who came that nothing might separate you anymore from God, from the love of God who created you in his own image and who risked everything to find you, to rescue you from the weeds of the enemy and to give you life in his garden. And when you have received that grace, knowing that Jesus has, has taken care of all your weeds and forgiven all of your sins, you can even begin to offer that grace to others as well. That's what we do each week in worship when we pass the peace of Christ. Oh, I know some people think it's just greeting time, but it's actually one of the most theologically profound moments in worship. After confessing our sins to God and admitting that we have so many weeds in our lives and no matter how hard we try, we just keep making more, we are reminded in the assurance of pardon that Jesus Christ has forgiven us of all of our sins. He's dealt with all of those weeds. And after having received this incredible undeserved grace from God in Jesus Christ, we then turn to one another and offer that same undeserved forgiveness for anything that may have been done to us. Having received peace with God through Jesus, we then offer that same peace to one another by sharing the peace of Christ. And in doing so, we participate in the very cross of Jesus. Well, back in Indiana, after having stared at that hideous backyard for more than a year, a couple of guys from the church had pity on me. And one day they brought over several large rolls of sod and we spent the whole day putting that grass in. It was a huge grace for me because not only did we not have the money to afford it then, but I didn't have knowledge about how to put it all in. But they did. And they helped us to have a, a beautiful backyard once again. But they also gave me a little advice on dealing with weeds. They said rather than constantly pulling out weeds or, or using weed killer, they recommended instead a, a regular practice of sowing more grass seed in the yard. If you just keep planting grass, they said, eventually it will grow in so thick and full that uh, there won't be any place for the weeds to take root. Apparently the best defense against weeds is actually a good offense. You know, I think the same thing is true of our spiritual lives as well. 
and maybe the best way for us to deal with all these weeds that still linger in our lives is, is to just keep seeding our gardens with the love of Jesus Christ through worship and prayer and studying his word and living life together as the forgiving body of Christ. We open ourselves up to his transforming grace, which always triumphs over sin in the end. Remember, the battle has already been won. So maybe, maybe the best defense against the work of the enemy in our lives is still a good offense. And as we are transformed by this gracious love of God in Jesus Christ, we begin to to see our lives and our world very differently. We even discover that it's not quite so easy to distinguish between good wheat and useless weeds after all. One day, a couple of months after we put in our new grass, I looked outside one day and noticed that an army of dandelions had begun to invade my pristine backyard. And so as I was getting myself all worked up to go back to war with weapons in hand, Jessica and Caitlin, who were so little, they came skipping and giggling into the house so excited to show me something that they had created. They had plucked off the stalks of some of those dandelions and somehow they had woven them together into these beautiful little bracelets for themselves and for me. I'd become so obsessed with seeking out and destroying all the weeds in my life that I had failed to notice the beauty of God's garden that was all around me. But my girls had not. Maybe that's why Jesus said we must become like little children if we want to enter into his kingdom. And my girls helped me to realize that in God's ecology and by the power of God's grace. Even our weeds can be redeemed if we keep our eyes on Jesus. Thanks be to God. Amen.